Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. Stories of old have great meaning for us. Throwback is a series looking at the lives of biblical characters from long ago and how we still face the same challenges today. Hopefully we can learn from them, avoid some of their mistakes, and repeat some of their victories. Just as Jesus took 12 ordinary men and raised them up to be apostles who changed the world, just as Abraham had 318 trained men in his household, and just as Paul took a young man, Timothy, and raised him up to pastor the church in Ephesus. Here at Grace Life, we also believe the best model for finding ministry leaders is not hiring based on a resume, but raising up within our own family, helping each other to become all that God has called us to be. So... For these three weeks, we're giving this opportunity to some of the young men God is raising up here at Grace Life. I'm asking you to join me and extend your best support and encouragement. Let's clap for them, let's shout for them, and let's show them how much we believe in them and all that God is doing in their lives. Hey! Woo! Hey guys, welcome to Grace Life. Um, my name is Matt, and uh, like Jimmy said, I'm usually not up here, so before I begin, I just really want to thank Pastor Jimmy, the elders here, and the leadership at Grace Life Church for the opportunity to speak. I'm so excited for what God is going to do here this morning and what he's been teaching to me over the past couple weeks and what I think he has for every single person here today. Uh, like I said, my name's Matt, and my last name is Brammer. I'm kind of new to Grace Life. I moved here to Columbia about six months ago, and about two months ago, I married this pretty lady on the front row, Suzanne. Yeah, we'll celebrate that. I'm the one who's celebrating the most. <laughs> and we got married about two months ago. And right before we got married, about three days before we got married, actually, we decided to close on a house, which I know I'm in the future also. I'm going to answer some of those questions for you. It's, yeah, we're, we're still tired. And no, we actually haven't thought yet about the colors of the house and yes, we are still painting, so if you want to see me after the service, I would gladly love your help. I'll be outside. We can pay you in pizza and friendship. Please see me after the service if you want to help painting. But one of the favorite things, one of my most favorite things about our new house is it's actually at the bottom of the hill, which I know in Columbia it rains a lot. I mean, I don't know, but I'm new to the town. But still, one of the things that reminds me of is that, that big hill. As we go down, I go down the hill to get to our house at the bottom of the hill is this big hill that we had on a street that I grew up in, in Virginia. I grew up in Virginia, and see, in our neighborhood, there was kind of like a, almost like a horseshoe kind of house. You know what I'm talking about, where all the neighborhood kids would go out and play. It's where we go out and ride our bikes and our skateboards, and maybe, you know, you play street hockey, if that's something we do down in South Carolina, because it's too hot, I don't know. But we did it a little bit in Virginia, because we saw Mighty Ducks. Anybody remember Mighty Ducks? Yeah, D2, all the way. (laughs) <laughs> but that big hill, that was, that was the no-go zone. That was, that was what my mom and dad, who are actually here today to come see me speak, um, they actually told me to, to not go down this hill. And, of course, as, as an elementary school kid, I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, that, that hill is really big. I'm not going to go down that hill. And as I continued to grow up and go into middle school, I started to learn to skateboard and become maybe a little bit more rebellious. And I met this guy named Jake. Now, I know you guys don't know Jake personally. Maybe he's here. I'm not sure. But you all know who I'm talking about when I talk about Jake. 
He's that neighborhood kid that none of the parents really want the other kids to hang out with. You know what I'm talking about? Saying things like, no, 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 he's not going to catch you do that. Or, no, 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 if you blow up that mailbox, nobody's going to know it's you. Well, Jake and I started hanging out. Everybody, raise your hand if you know who I'm talking about. Jake, raise, you know Jake? All right, if you didn't raise your hand, you were Jake. So I'm glad that you're here in church with us today trying to follow Jesus. I'm really, really proud that you're here. But one day, Jake had actually convinced me. He, he influenced my choices to, to go down this hill. I, just, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. He's like, no, man, it'll be fun. We'll go down the skateboard. It'll be great. I'm like, okay, even though I knew I wasn't supposed to go down this hill, my parents have told me my whole life. I've lived, lived in the same house since I was born, and now I'm in middle school, and I know I'm not supposed to go down the hill. But I hid it from my parents anyway. I chose to hide it. And then I'm going to go to the top of the hill. And finally, I sneak out one day, and we get to the top of the hill. And Jake, he takes his skateboard, and he lays it face down. And he lays on his stomach, and he just he whooshes down the hill. I don't know. He whooshed. He just whooshed and around. And he got to the bottom of the hill, and he's completely unscathed. He stands up. He's like, come on, man. It'll be fun. I'm like, I guess I have to now. I don't know. And I decide I push off, and I start going down the hill. And I'm like, oh, this isn't that bad. My parents don't know what they're talking about. This is fun. You know, you, a lot of times when we do something that we aren't supposed to be doing, a lot of times when we start doing it, it's, we don't see the consequences of it. It's, it's really fun. And I, as I go down, about halfway down, I start shaking. And you go to that little high-speed wobble, and I'm like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't know what to do. I've never seen my skateboard do this. And I keep going down, and I'm shaking, and I'm shaking. And I think you guys see what's about to happen. It's, I hit some gravel at the bottom of the hill, and... I roll around, and my skin becomes best friends with the pavement for a second, and I roll around, and then I look up, and I mean, just, I won't get into too much detail, but I mean, imagine some of the worst bruises and cuts and scrapes that you've ever seen in your life, and I'm just like, oh, no. The first thought I have is, I'm going to have to tell my mom and dad. <laughs> There's no way I can hide this. <laughs> and fast forward a couple hours later, and I'm sitting in the emergency room, and my mom and dad have an unexpected hospital bill, and this lady has taken a Brillo pad to scrape the gravel, gravel, gravel out of my arm, and I'm in so much pain, and I'm asking myself, how did I get here? You know, like, how did I get here? I didn't think that one decision, that one choice I made would get me all the way here. And I think if there's, there's a lot of people, if we're in this room today, if you're honest with where you're at, maybe you've been asking yourself that recently, maybe this past week or maybe over the past couple months or maybe even past years, you're sitting here and like, how am I still in the same job? I never thought it would be this way or I never thought that our marriage would be a good day when we can just say hi to each other. We were so in love just a few years ago. What, what happened? How did we get here? Or as you close the computer screen one more time, you say you're never going to go to that website again and you're sitting and you wake up and you go to church the next day and you're thinking, how did it get this bad? How did I get here? Well, guys, thankfully, that's what we're going to be talking about today. There's a guy in the Bible whose name is Samson, and he has a lot to say about the choices and the decisions that we have made. He actually has a huge calling on his life, and if you have your Bible, we're going to be in the book of Judges there, so you can go ahead and start turning that way, but I want to catch you up to where the nation of Israel is in this story. See, this is before Jesus. If you're new to church or this is your first time back in a long time, we're a huge fan of Jesus here at Grace Life Church. And yeah, Jesus is the man, but he hasn't arrived yet. God's actually chosen a people group named the Israelites. And the Israelites were chosen 
to show what God was like to the rest of the world. And just like many of us, Israel kept doing and choosing against God's way. And right now, they have rebelled against God, and they said, no, 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 God, we're going to do it our way. And God's like, are you sure? And they say, yes, we are going to do it our way. And God says, okay, it's not going to end well for you. And that's where they are right now. They're actually enslaved to the Philistines. The Philistines were a neighboring nation. But because God loved Israel, he set a plan in motion. He sent a guy named Samson. And Samson, he enters the scene before he, his story begins before he's even born. An angel of the Lord, a messenger of the Lord actually comes to his parents and say, hey, Samson, he's a big deal. He's going to actually free Israel from the Philistines. And his parents are like, whoa, I, I don't know how it's going to happen. He said, well, it's okay. We're, God's got it. But I'm, we're actually going to give you certain tools that he can have, even more special tools than the rest of Israel, so that he can complete God's calling. See, guys, everybody here, we were all created on purpose, for a purpose, and God's given us the tools to help complete that calling. Okay, guys? That's everybody here. Whether you're in Christ or not, you have a purpose. You were created on purpose. And Samson's purpose was to free Israel from the Philistines. So he has all these special tools that Israel has. He has additional tools just for his specific calling. And he has his parents raising up saying, you're going to free Israel. You're going to free Israel. You're going to free Israel. So before we see how his story begins, I want to show how he had been probably been asking the same question, how did I get here? So let's look at how, where he got. through. This is at the end of his life. He said in Judges 16, verses 21, and the Philistines seized him. Those are the people that he's supposed to rescue Israel from. And gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. And he ground at the mill in the prison. You see, Samson and what we're about to look at, he made choices. He made choice after choice after choice that actually got him where he never thought he would be. See, a lot of times, myself included and everybody here, our choices get us to a place where we never thought we would be. Yeah. And thankfully, Samson made three choices that we're going to look at today. We're going to look at three choices that he made that actually took him out of God's plan and out of God's best for our life. So hopefully we can learn from it. So the first thing that Samson did, the first choice that Samson made was that he chose knowingly to go against God's plan. Chose knowingly to go against God's plan. Now remember those, those special tools that I had? See, he was what's called a Nazarite. And we're going to have a nerd moment with me, so if you're not a nerd, you can tune me out for a second, but if you're a nerd, hone in for me for one second. This is really important, okay? Nazarite was a person that was special, even more specially dedicated to God. It's, they changed the way they lived their life and their external appearance so that when people looked at them, they would say, whoa, 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 something's different about that guy. And then he would say, it's God. He's good. He's great. That's what a Nazarite was. And the thing that Nazarites had is they weren't allowed to eat certain foods or drink alcohol. They weren't allowed to touch anything dead or be around any dead animal, person, whatever it might be. And they weren't allowed to cut any hair on their head. So basically, he's like a gluten-free vegan hipster. He'd be like me if I could grow my hair just for today's purposes. That's who he is, okay? <laughs> gluten-free vegan hipster, that's him, yeah. Yeah, Woo. <laughs> So let's see, let's see what he did first. Let's see how he knowingly chose to go against that part of God's plan for his life. This is in Judges 14. 
And he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion and honey. And he scraped it out of his hands, into his hands, and went on eating it as he went. Now, guys, I've been a broke college student that's had to dumpster dive for Little Caesar's Pizza. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or am I the only one? Maybe one college student? Okay. Thought I was a college town and I could relate to that, but oh well. I've dumpster dove for a Little Caesar's Pizza. They set it beside the dumpster. It's not that big of a deal. It's great. Promise you. <laughs> but what he did is he, he actually knowingly went against God's plan. See, his entire life, his parents have said, hey, you're a Nazarite. Here's who you're supposed to be. You're a Nazarite. You're not supposed to touch dead things. And what does he do? He, he knowingly looks at that line, the, the dead. He knows it's dead. He actually killed it earlier in the story. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get that, honey. I'm, I'm going to get it. And for many of us, this is, this is kind of simple, but when we do something wrong, we, we know it's wrong, like, right? You know, like, we know it's wrong. Like, oh, yeah, I know I'm not supposed to, you know, yell at that person or think that thought or, or do that thing. It's, we know. And usually when we start doing something, it's usually not the biggest deal. You know, it's like, oh, it's just, it's just going to be hurting me. But as we can, or it's just going to, it's not going to hurt them. It's not going to hurt anything else. It's, it's really not that big of a deal. But as we continue to look at Samson's story, we see that it was that first thing to knowingly go against God's plan. He chose to knowingly against God's plan that led him to the next phase, which let's continue with that story. In Judges 14, 8 and 9, it said, and he, oh, sorry. And he came to his father and mother and gave some to them. That was the honey. And they ate it. But he did not tell them that he had scraped the honey from the carcass of the lion. But Samson didn't tell them. The second thing that Samson did was that he hid his choices. He hid his choices. And not only that, he hid it from the people who knew who he was supposed to be, you know? These people that were his mother and father, that were there to look out for his good, he hid it from the people that knew him best. He actually stepped away from God's calling. He chose to step away because he hid. See, a lot of times, guys, and when we step away from the people of God, the people who know what's best for us, that's usually, or it can be, the first step away from God. Let me say that again. Usually, the first step away from God, and a lot of times, it is the first step away from God is to step away from the people of God. To step away from the people of God is to step away from God himself. So Samson continued to choose his way instead of God's way. I'm going to kind of summarize to get to the end portion of it. He, at this point, he hid the fact that he took that from the lion, and he continued on. He married someone he wasn't supposed to marry. He left that person who he wasn't supposed to marry. He then slept with a prostitute in the Philistines' camp. So he went to the nation. He was supposed to show that God was different. He said, no, I'm going to sleep with a prostitute. And then, not only that, he started hanging out with the wrong people. There's this woman named Delilah. The third thing that he did was he actually allowed the wrong people to influence his choices. He allowed the wrong people to influence his choices. And for Samson, it said, it was Delilah. He, he met a girl. I mean, how many of you guys have heard that story start off? So you're just at, at work, you're hanging out in the break room, you're just like, so I met a girl this weekend. And you're like, oh, no, you shouldn't be talking to anybody. It could be a guy, too. Girls can make terrible decisions in dating. I mean, it's not always a guy who does that. So. <laughs> but for this sake, it's a guy. I mean, it's Samson. He makes a bad move. And 
he actually, Delilah is this woman that the Philistines, the people he's supposed to rescue Israel from, hired her to help the Philistines understand why Samson was so strong. See, Samson was a warrior. He had a lot of power from God. He had that calling from God, and the, and the Philistines were trying to figure out what's going on with Samson? Why is he so strong? So they hired Delilah to go find out, and she tried once, and she tried tw- twice, and he told her one thing that wasn't true, and he told the second thing that wasn't true, but finally, he's like, all right, I am going to tell you what my strength is. I'm going to tell you what makes me different. I'm going to tell you who makes me what I am, what makes me who I am. And he told her all his heart. This is in Judges 16, 17. And he said to her, a razor has never come upon my head, for I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. And if my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me, and I'll become weak and be like any other man. She says he's been a Nazarite to God from his mother's birth. Remember that, I mean, tune back in. If you tune that portion out, he was a Nazarite to God. He was even more special. The thing about Nazarites, and this is, again, this is really, really important to focus here. Usually for a person's time, they would take the Nazarite vow just for a month, maybe three months, maybe for a couple years. And then at the end of that, they would actually take the razor from their head and they would shave off all their hair, just like me. I just got done, just got done. And they would take that hair and they would put it on a burnt sacrifice offering. They would take that hair, and they would put it on an offering to the Lord. They were growing that hair to dedicate to the Lord, say, hey, God, thank you for everything I've done, everything that has come of me because of this vow. It all goes back to you. And what Samson is saying, God, everything you've given me, every strength, every bit of identity, every bit of calling, I'd rather have the Philistines. I'd rather have bondage. He let the wrong people influence his choices. He allowed that. See, when he knew his calling, and he still chose against it, and when we choose to abandon who God's called us to be, we open the door to bondage. Say that one more time. When we choose to abandon who God's called us to be, we open the door to bondage. See, guys, this is really personal for me. When I was about 11 years old, I was introduced to pornography, and pornography, you know, it's kind of like that thing that nobody really talks about in church. And I was kind of debating if I should even bring it up on stage because, like, oh, no. But, I mean, in reality, 80% of men struggle with this, and 85% of them are in the church. So, I mean, let's talk about it for a second. When I was 11, I was introduced to pornography, and it ran my life. See, it ran my life up until I met Jesus. I was 19 when I met Jesus. So at that point, I, I got the Holy Spirit. He started telling me, this isn't right. This isn't God's best for you. Stop it. But I step, still kept knowingly choosing against God's plan. I kept going back to it. I kept going back to it. And not only that, I kept hiding my choices and hiding my choices and hiding my choices. And that drove me into shame. And I kept letting other people influence me, other, other women or other women on the Internet to influence me. And it got to a point where four or five years ago, I I wanted to kill myself, guys. You know, it drove us all the way down. See, when we abandon to choose what God's called us to be, it always opens that door to bondage. But we never see the bondage until we're there, and then once we're there, we never know how to get out. And that's why it's so important to choose God's way, and, and that's where I was. I was sitting in my driveway, and I was like, man, I never thought it would be this way. I just got done, um, and I just, I wanted to kill myself, and I started thinking, 
Like, how, how is this possible to get out? Thankfully, I mean, I'm here today. I'm sober, clean. It's awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good. And there's three things I learned when I was in that situation of how did I get here? How did it get that bad? There are three things that I started to learn and started to practice, and I'm still practicing now, that gets us to a place of freedom. It gets us back to that point of who God's called us to be. That first thing we have to do is we have to choose to let God's voice influence you. You have to choose to let God's voice influence you. See, many of us are stuck in the place we never thought we would be because we're listening to the enemy's voice before God's voice. We are letting the enemy's voice just scream at us all day long and scream at us all day long, and God's silent whisper can't break through. But here's the thing about voices and the lies of the enemy and the truth about God is that we have to choose to believe truth. See, belief is a choice. We can either choose to believe what God says about us or what the enemy says about us. And I know what it's like. You hear those lies. You'll never be free. No one won't like you. If somebody finds out about this, they're going to they're gonna put you through the ringer. But all of those are lies. All of them. That's all Satan has for him. They're just lies. They're not true. They're just lies. So if you're in Christ, if you have made Jesus your king, you've chose to follow him, let me just remind you who you are this morning. If that's you, you are a son. You are a daughter. You are loved. You are free. Come on, I'm preaching this morning, guys. Come on. Yeah, come on. Woo, almost knocked over the keyboard. You are free. It's not something you have to work through. That is a statement of truth. You are free. As a whole sermon, I'll stop right there. Stop right there. So how do, you, how do you get that in your life? How do you, I mean, I know you want to listen to me say that every single morning, but you can't. I mean, podcast, maybe Tuesday. You can listen to it on Tuesday. But how can you apply this into your life? Well, you know, for me, I, I took this huge whiteboard, and I hung it on my kitchen where I would go in, and I would make coffee and, you know, be a hipster every single morning. And um, I wrote big words on it. You know, I found, it's like, First John, you are a son. I'm like, okay. I'm like, Romans 8. There's no condemnation. Sweet. You are free. You're dead to sin. You are alive in Christ. Okay. And see, maybe for you, you need, a, you need to put a sticky note on your mirror, or maybe you need to put an alert on your phone, or maybe you need to have a friend call you, or maybe, I don't know, you just you write it on the ceiling or you get a tattoo. Do something that puts God's voice in front of you all the time to remind you who you are, who God says you are. Hmm. The second thing that we have to do is we have to choose to step out of hiding. We have to choose to step out of hiding. See, this is usually the the hardest thing. You know, when I was stuck in my addiction, that's an embarrassing addiction, guys. That's hard, you know? This is usually the hardest step but it's going to be the one that produces the most freedom. See, a lot of people, if you're in that position, you're at the bottom of the hill and you're in the emergency room and your arms are scraped up and you're thinking, how did I get here? How did it get this bad? You might still be there only because nobody else knows you're there. A lot of times the only reason that you are stuck in the place that you are is because nobody else can help you get out. Let's see what James, the brother of Jesus, actually had to say about Stepping out of hiding, choosing to confess your sins or your struggles. And this is what James, the brother of Jesus, said. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So it doesn't say that you may be forgiven. 
or saved, it says, put the verse back up on the screen, please, that you may be healed. See, there are a lot of people in this room that are forgiven. You have been following Jesus, but because you're not in the light, you have not chosen to step out of hiding, you're still sick, you're still, you're still stuck, you're still broken. But when you decide to step out of that into the light and talk to somebody else who you trust, the healing process begins. You can experience God's healing. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you have that thing you're struggling with. Maybe it's something like an addiction like I was going through. Or maybe your finances, you just you can't make ends meet. You, your marriage is on the rocks. You, you can't figure out what's going on at the job. You, you're struggling with something. That's okay. It's just not okay to stay that way, guys. It's okay to not be okay. You just can't stay that way. And every single Sunday, there are volunteers that line the stage at the end of this message and worship that are here to pray for you. Those are safe people you can talk to. Talk to somebody in your life group. Maybe it's a spouse is a person you need to talk to, which I know would be incredibly hard, but you can do it. If that's you in this room, you can do it. You can talk to your spouse. And the last thing that I had to choose to do is I had to choose God's way. Right, that's simple, right? <laughs> that's how we got in the mess in the begin, to begin with, right? We just didn't choose God's way. I know, it's basically just, I'm sermon done. Choose God's way, I'm out. Not, no. But really, let's, let's look at it. I mean, it's incredibly simple. For, for many of us, we look at that situation, and if we think hard enough, we can look back to when we started to go against God's way. And where does that end us? Where does that, where does that take us to? Do you know what I'm talking about? You, you, you picture that moment? See, when God gives us tools to help us make choices, guidelines, ways to live our life, it's not that he's trying to keep us something, back from something. The only thing he's trying to keep us back from is hurting ourselves and pain. And that's not what God has for us. That is not what God has for you today. If you choose God's way, you're choosing life. You're choosing freedom. You're choosing hope. You're choosing your destiny. That's who God has made you to be. We have to choose God's way. So if that's you today, we have to figure out how to do that. And if that's to talk to somebody, we got to talk to somebody. If that's to stop doing what we know we're not supposed to not be doing, we got to do that. If that's to quit that job or go to that job or whatever it might be, it might be spending time with your spouse more, whatever it might be, we have to choose that today. So really today, I'm just going to ask you guys, a simple question, a very simple question. What are we going to choose? What are you going to choose? See, Samson, his life began with this huge calling. And he did what he wasn't supposed to do. He chose to go against it. And then he hid that. And he kept letting other people influence him. And it got him to that point of, point of asking God, like, how did I get here? I never thought it would be this bad. But see, his story doesn't end there. Samson, in that prison, where he said that he was captured by the Philistines, the next line of the story said, but his hair began to grow. His strength came back to him. In the middle of his prison, God's presence was still there with him. In the middle of what we are going through, what you are going through, God is not far away. God is near. And see, Samson, when he was in that prison, the Philistines brought him out. They brought him out, and they were going to mock him. 
they're like, this man of God, he doesn't have a calling. He's worthless. He's nothing. Look at him. He doesn't have his hair anymore. He doesn't, he's been stripped of who he is. And they're, they're all mocking him and not paying attention. And Samson gets leaned against a couple pillars. And he leans in and he feels God's presence again. And he says, oh, Lord, please grant me the strength to do what I was supposed to do. Oh, Lord. See, in the middle of his situation, in the middle of his bondage, he chose to go back to God. The first step always, always is to go to God. See, our God isn't a God who doesn't understand what we're going through. He's a God who actually understands and sympathizes with our struggles. See, when Jesus, who is God, he came to the earth and he was also man. And he understood what it was like to to be tempted. And he's been actually tempted in every way that we are, but without sin, so that when he was sacrificed on the cross, he could actually intercede between us and the Father, saying, no, 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 I know what it's been like. I've been there. It's been there. Like, let's keep going. Let's keep going. And our God is near, and our God is here today. So if that's you, and you need need to choose to start following Jesus, I want to invite you to do that today. Maybe you've been in church for so long and you keep hearing God's voice and you keep hearing God's voice and you keep hearing call and call your name and you're just like, no, I'm not going to choose you today. I'm not going to choose you today. Let me ask you this. How's choosing your own way working for you? Is it working out? Is that God wants you. He wants the best for you. So if that's you, I'm going to invite you to, and you want to follow Jesus as king, and I'm going to pray a prayer here in just a minute, and the worship team is going to come back on stage. And, but this prayer isn't something that saves you. It's, it's this belief in who Jesus is and you wanting to follow him. So if that's you, you want to make Jesus your king. You want to choose to make him your king. Pray with me. God, thank you so much for what you've done here today. God, thank you for choosing to send Jesus. Thank you for choosing us before we would ever choose you. And for the people in the room that want to make Jesus your king, repeat after this, just, Jesus, thanks for loving me. Thank you for coming to me to die for me today. I believe your death on the cross paid for my sins. I believe you rose from the grave. Please help me follow you the best way I know how. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. For more information about us, you can go to gracelife.me. That's gracelife.me. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash gracelifeme and on Twitter at gracelifechurch.com.